The views on a breath of fresh air podcast reflects the parties involved, and we encourage you all to use it as a conversational tool that will lead to personal studies of your own. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Welcome to a breath of fresh air podcast. Here with your hosts, Earl Roberts and Nakaz Gay. As a young person, Christianity can be so foggy, like smoke in the mirrors and so unclear. But we're here to bring you a breath of fresh air. Where's my butler? I need a drink. Hey, you are, my lord. Is everything okay? No, nothing's okay. These wise men can't interpret my dream. I don't even know what I'm paying them for. Today, I am reminded of my shortcomings. Pharaoh was once angry with his servants, and he imprisoned me and the chief bigger in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream and things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. That Hebrew boy. Send for him. Bring him from the dungeon immediately. My lord. I had a dream, and none of these wise men or magician can interpret it. But I heard it said that whenever you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it. But God, God would give Pharaoh the answer he desires. In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile, when out of the river came up seven cows. <coughs> fat and sleek, and they grazed among the weeds. After them came up seven other cows, scrawny and very ugly and lean. I had never seen such ugly cows in all the land of Egypt. The lean, ugly cows ate up the seven fat cows that came up first. But even after they ate them, no one could tell that they had done so. They looked just as ugly as before. Then I woke up. Then I had another dream. In my second dream, I saw seven heads of green full and good, growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads sprouted, withered and thin and scorched by the east wind. Then the thin heads of green swallowed up the seven good heads of green. I told this to the magicians, but none of them could explain this to me. The dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads of green are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of green scorched by the east wind. They are seven years of famine. It is just as I said to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then, all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered, because the famine that follows it will be shown so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God, and God will do it soon. Thus far, the account of Joseph has been centered around dreams. When we were introduced to Joseph, he had a dream that his parents and siblings would bow down to him. This created discord within his family. 
Last episode, we saw him interpret the dreams of the chief baker and the chief butler, and their realities turned out exactly as he had said. Now here's a question. Was all this focus on dreams setting him up for something special? In this episode, we delve into Genesis 41 and explore the dreams of the Pharaoh of Egypt. So welcome back to another episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Here with your host, Earl Robertson Nikoski. I don't know why I said that because it, it's, it's, <laughs> they already said it. <laughs> it said in the beginning monologue, but you know, we're back and we're continuing the story of Joseph. And the last week we left off with the butler forgetting Joseph, blatantly forgetting Joseph. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've even thought about in this last week, and it's just a parallel to Joseph and Jesus. And it kind of hit me that it's, it's a certain little thing. So like, okay, so you see Joseph was an innocent man who was sent to prison. And Jesus was an innocent man who came here. Mm-hmm. Jesus died for our sins, right? And in the three days, Jesus, you know, was was dead, and you know, came back. No, I feel I feel where you're going, bro. Because when Jesus was on the cross, what did one of the thieves say? If he, one of the thieves say, "If he was truly the Son of Man, then, um, you know, take save all of us." Mm-hmm. Then the next, the next thief on the cross, the most notable thief, he said, "No, remember me in your kingdom." Understand what I'm saying? And Jesus said, you dying in paradise, X, Y, Z. And I feel like Joseph is similar in this story because Joseph was asking the chief, um, was it the baker to remember? No, the butler. He, he asked the butler, the cupbearer, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, remember me when you get out to Pharaoh. You understand what I'm saying? So I feel like, I don't know. If, yeah, there's one more thing too. Is like one thing, and the next part, part that came to my mind too was that in the contrast, Joseph's, words was only able to save one of the prisoners right so for example for instance like he was able to tell the cupbearer yeah you're going to be saved and the baker i'm sorry it's a wrap but in contrast jesus words has the power to save everyone who would accept them and believe mm-hmm. so that's like also like a powerful contrast but it's also like a it's just interesting to see how different people in the bible can emulate some of this stuff or we could just tie it back to jesus and bro this is why I feel like the Bible is so crucial because from you understand the Bible, you understand human nature, period, mm-hmm. regardless of error. And and when when you understand that, things are not going to shock you. And you see, when you see these riots and just a lot of people who seem like savages mm. or whatever, I'm not, and I'm not talking about anything political. When you see people just carry on super bad, you're like, man, what's gotten into these people? But then you look at the Bible and people have been like that before. We see Sodom and Gomorrah. These guys were savages. You know what I'm saying? Like, And it's like, you can't stop and think that because of the progression of time that people are above these type of sins, you know? Because it's like, it's the same the same demons and devil who've been around this whole time. It's the same game. This, the game is to get to heaven. You know what I'm saying? So now I feel like if anything, you should be, you should be more skeptical because like, these guys were once blatant savages back in the Bible, and now they're not. Why aren't they? Because they're doing it in a different way. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe they're just doing it in parts of the world that, that we don't have coverage on and stuff. So, like, I just feel like there's always a parallel to be made in the Bible, especially from the human aspect. And once you make these parallels, a lot of things shouldn't shock you. Like, if you get betrayed by someone close to you, this shouldn't shock you. Because mm-hmm. we're seeing how Joseph was betrayed by his brothers, you know? And then at the same time, Jesus even says, bro, if they hated you, remember, they hated me first. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things just shouldn't shock us. And I feel like as Christians, you could call me the pessimist, bro, but I just feel like as Christians, we shouldn't really expect for the world to be like happy. (laughs) You know what I'm saying about us? Because if people are of the world and they're not like regarding Jesus at all, to hear the the raw message, it, it might be uncomfortable for them. And we've seen a lot when people are in moments of discomfort, they choose to just go completely against it. A lot of times, some people aren't um, uh, like emotionally or, or self-aware enough to say, wow, that this is something I need to work on. Some people just completely get defensive and just maybe lash out on you. And even to the extremes, persecute you. Like how we see a lot of people in the Bible and after the Bible were being persecuted for their beliefs, et cetera. So, yeah, it's definitely always some, some parallels to be made. Yeah. And so now we, comes to the, we come to this week episode. 
still continuing the story of Joseph, and we're taking this one from Genesis chapter 41. And so now we see uh, the, the, word, uh, the, the, the chapter starts off saying two full years have passed. So we see Joseph, after the butler got out, two full years still in prison. The butler did not, butler Cabrera, however you want to say his title was, he did not remember Joseph for two full years. <laughs> so now we had a two-year gap. And now the, the, the scene is set where Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had a dream. Hmm. So he was standing by the Nile and he went out and he out of, and out of the river. He saw seven cows. Uh, the first seven were sleek and well, they were fat, seven fat cows and they were grazed among the reeds. So against, against the grass, people with different words. After them came out of the Nile, there were seven uh, skinny cows and they stood beside the fat cows in the riverbank. And the seven that were ugly and skinny ate up the seven that were fat. And then Pharaoh woke up. He was like, I'm troubled. What's going on? And then so Pharaoh fell asleep again. Okay, you say, you know what? It's a coincidence. I don't know what that dream means. So he fell asleep again. And the second dream, he had seven heads of green, healthy and good, were growing out of a single stalk. Then after them, seven heads of green sprouted from a thin and scorched by the east wind. Then the thin greens swallow up the seven healthy greens. And Pharaoh woke up and, and he was like, whoa, okay, it's been a dream. So in the morning, in verse 8, now we see Pharaoh gets up. He's troubled. He sent off all of his magicians and his wise men of Egypt. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them. Hmm. So now we see the theme of dreams has repeated itself again. And it's interesting that we could see, like, in retrospect, God was preparing Joseph for this moment. Yeah. Like, we talked in last week's episode saying, okay, like why Joseph's story is so entangled with dreams is because the ultimate plan God had for him involved a dream. So, so to get fake deep for a second, right? It's like when he had that dream initially for his brothers, that, that really riled them up. You know, they, they really, that, their anger burned and they really hated him because of that dream. So the dream put him, the, to having a dream in the first place, put him in a really rough patch with his brothers. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it added to it. I'm not going to say it was the sole reason, but it, it, it significantly added to, his, to, to him being even put in slavery, right? Mm-hmm. And now, ironically, there was probably a better literary term than irony, but um, now we see Will... The same thing that contributed to him being in this position is now liberating him. You know what I'm saying? So it comes full circle. You know, that's why I feel like even in the Bible, ain't nobody else could even really talk but dreams. <laughs> Except like Joseph is the dream guy for sure. You know what I'm saying? Because we see where this, it was problematic at first. And now it is revealed to be the key, you know, to not only the liberation of Joseph, but actually saving the entire world. Mm-hmm. And then, so now, like, I just want to unpack this dream for a bit, right? So now we see God, well, I, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm going to read on. So we see Pharaoh called all his magicians, right? And he called all of his wise men, but no one in the line can interpret the dream for him. So now the cupbearer said to Pharaoh, oh, oh, Pharaoh, so today... Given the recent events, this is me paraphrasing, given the, 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 given the recent events of your dream, I am reminded of my uh, wrongdoings and shortcomings. Hmm. Pharaoh, you was once angry at your servants, me and, and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night in prison and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now there was a young Hebrew man was in there with us a servant of the captain of the God. We told him our dreams and he interpreted them for us. Given each man the interpretation of his dream and things turned out exactly as he interpreted and interpreted us. I was restored to my position and the other man was impaled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. He had to shave and change his clothes and became before Pharaoh. Just historical context before that, you know, Egyptians had their head bald and all that kind of stuff. So, and his head grown out, I would imagine, as he was in prison. So he had to become presentable to go before the king because you don't want to disgrace the king. Mm-hmm. And so now we see after two years, the cupbearer 
clearly was living his best life, forgot. Like I said, this man really compartmentalized Joseph in the back of his brain because he did not remember Joseph at all. Like, you know, it's two full years. You don't remember the guy who even get you out of, well, told you you was going to be out of prison. Mm-hmm. My man literally put that whole prison life behind him. And then, like, I, I just imagine how, how humble and humiliating it was for Pharaoh. Because think about it. All of his magicians and his wise men in his kingdom could not solve his problems and he had to go to an alien, a slave. And he, and he, had, to, he, had, he had to accept the service of someone that wasn't even a part of his country and, and the lowliness of that. Mm-hmm. Just to find relief. A convicted felon. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, but think about it. Like, that had to be humble and that's also pretty much aggravating too. Because you're like, hold on. All of y'all here, y'all can't tell me what I what what, what my dream mean. What y'all here for? But it shows how desperate Pharaoh was to get some answers from that dream. It can show how much of an impact that dream must have had on Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. You know, because like I could see, I could see a dream puzzling you, right? And if ain't nobody have to answer, even the wisest man and the magicians, if nobody have these answers. Answers you could say, well, like I guess it is what it is, since ain't nobody can answer. But it's like the fact that you're even willing to take a chance on a Hebrew that is in prison, like that is a prisoner, shows the level of desperation Fair even had just to get a resolve to this. I mean, one thing too is like, well, we know that vision, well, the dream he had came from God. For so sure. it's like it might have it might have been that impactful to him saying, I guess what? Something about this dream different. Mm-hmm. Like, and I need to figure out what this dream mean. And then but he had two dreams in one night. So some about these dreams hit him the, hit, hit him different. And he was like, I really need to figure out what this means. Y'all can't help me. I need to find answers because I know this dream have a meaning. And I know this meaning is of some significance. Hmm. So now we see Joseph came in, right? And uh, Joseph was like, hey, well, Pharaoh was like, hey, Joseph, I had a dream. I know I can interpret it. But I've heard, I've heard it said of you that when you can hear a dream, you can interpret it. And Joseph said, I can't do it. I can imagine fair for that brief second was like, what I bring, what? You, here, what I bring you here for? What are you talking about? You can't do it, bro. I'd have been like off of his head. I give you a haircut for nothing, bro. What? <laughs> <laughs> and then Joseph was like, but the God, but God will give fair the answer he desires. And even here, I, I really respect the humility of Joseph, even in these instances. Because mm-hmm. if one thing would have been like, okay, I'll interpret your dream, but he was making sure out front, he was giving God the credit. Yeah. It ain't me. At the end of the day, don't even mistake that it's me. Yeah, because like some people could say that at the end, but he say out front, no, I can't interpret no dreams. That, that ability does not come from me. But you seeking an answer, God will provide the answer. And we see the same thing what he said with the baker and the butler, because he said uh, in the last chapter, it was that the do not interpretations come from God. Even then, he didn't, he didn't take credit for that. The interpretation is coming from God. Tell me your dream, and I'll, and I'll let you know what it means. So then Pharaoh told this dream again, the same thing with the cows, the skinny cows eating the fat cows, and the lean, and the lean wheat eating the, uh, this, the, 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 healthy, the, the healthy stock. And then Joseph, without a beat, said, okay, the dreams are one and the same, Pharaoh. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good cows are seven seven years, and the seven good heads of green are seven years. It is one and the same dream. The seven lean and seven lean ugly clouds that came up afterwards are seven years, and are so seven worthless heads of green scorched by the winds of these are also seven years of famine. So now we see if both of Pharaoh's dream was prophesying that there would be seven years of good and seven years of, of, of farming, seven years of, of abundance and seven years of drought. Mm-hmm. And what I like about this, right, is that some people have this fantasy belief that God doesn't send any bad times or God doesn't allow bad times things to happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because here's the thing, God specifically told Pharaoh, guess what? There are going to be seven good years of abundance. You're going to have seven years of abundance of green, more than you guys could eat. You're going to have seven good years, but after that, you are going to have nothing. There's going to be a famine in this land. Mm-hmm. 
It wasn't like, you know, God wasn't scouting, like try hide or not. You didn't tell him, no, no, this is coming. This is coming. It's up to you guys to prepare for it. Bro, it's times in the Bible where they have epidemics, bro. You know, so a famine in the whole world, bro, that's an epidemic. You know, um, we this year, we in a pandemic ourselves this year and last year. And I've it's a lot of people who I've seen with like they conspiracy theorists or this, that, or so government, blah, 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 blah. And I'm not saying that that's that's impossible. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's also possible. But you gotta get you gotta give you gotta give God more credit than that, bro. Sometimes like these things happen for a reason, and we've seen that. We've seen it in Psalms where they talk about um Psalms 91. <laughs> You know, like he should deliver you from the snare of the foul land, from the noisome pestilence. It's like it's been pestilences in the land before, you know, it's been famines, like it's been not national and natural disasters that have happened, permitted by God. And we can see where this one, it this where the chips fell directly in the place. This was happening. The Lord got ahead of it for y'all in order to, 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 to position Joseph. He preserved Joseph for a time as this. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it just go back to what, like it kind of piggybacks on what we was talking about last week, whereas a lot of people, they only, when they think of Christ, Christianity, they only think of good times. It's your year. Bro, in the seven years of famine, could have passed on if you say it's your year. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know, there's always optimism that you could find, but in the grand scheme of things, bro, not every year going to be a good year. That's how I feel. Not every day going to be a good day. And then even when you think about Christ, bro, Christ did not live a life of comfortability, bro. Like he wasn't sitting on mansions with a lot of cattle, like how we even see, he wasn't even living like, oh, David was a king. You know, exactly. it's a lot of it's a lot of people who live much more luxurious lives than than, than Jesus at the age of 33. My boy ain't out of house. Mm. You know, he didn't even have a place to stay, bro. And so it's like our our ideas, our ideas, it's like <coughs> our 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 need for comfortability all the time. It's not always gonna align with what God has for us. You know, sometimes when we have to go through discomfort just to be um propelled to greatness, that's a fact. But then there's also sometimes when this just the time that God have us in, this just to teach us a lesson or this just what God needs for us to go through in order to keep us safe and close to him. I know when I'm going through the worst times, I pray in my, my head off. You know what I'm saying? I pray in every day, every night because I need, I have to talk to God, 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 God. You know what I'm saying? And this, think about it, bro. If you, if this is a jealous God, right? What would be his incentive? And I'm not, and I'm not saying God has, has my mind, but like, like if 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 I was God, right? What would be my incentive for getting you out of this time? If I know once I get you out of this time, you're gonna you're gonna forget about me. Mercy, you know, <laughs> like 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 in all seriousness, you know. But we do serve a loving God who has our best interests at heart. But the the idea that it's like you, the world is gonna be perfect, or the world is gonna be hot, you're gonna be happy every day, and no, that's. That's not that's not followed by by God, but we see we see Jacob had the birthright. The line of the Hebrews, as a matter of fact, the Israelites are because of Jacob. It's basically saying the Jacobites come from him. But he had many bad days. As a matter of fact, when we look at his story, we don't see a lot of good days. Mm. You know, yeah, a lot of his good days wasn't documented, but we know a lot, a lot of bad days, bro. And of course, a lot of that was self-inflicted, but it's just gonna show you could be you could be on one accord with God, you could be talking to God, and but that ain't gonna stop you from from going to through stuff, basically. That's a fact, bro. That is a fact. And so now we see Joseph like immediately after he was interpreted Pharaoh's dream, right? And Joseph said the dreams of uh he said it is in verse 28. It is just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance of Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows will be so severe. Hmm. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. Mm. And so now we even go back and see, we can see why it was such an impression on Pharaoh's heart to figure out what this dream means because God laid it 
I mean, it's a vision from God to probably a, a, a non-believer of, of the most high God. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But God laid it so, so deeply in his heart and in his mind. He was like, nah, something different about this. I really, really need to figure out what's going on with this. And you see, you see Joseph saying to himself, God has firmly decided. Hmm. Like, do you, don't, this. <laughs> you don't got to question if this is going to happen. You don't need to reason if this, maybe God might change his mind, granted God mine but you don't gotta you gotta, like you don't gotta say oh maybe maybe i misinterpret this joseph's like no 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 guess what bro this is happening and he you ain't even gotta really wonder what's the timeline attached to this he said this is happening soon hmm. i'm I, to me i'm like bro next year you better start to, like as of tomorrow you better saying okay this might be my seven my seven years of abundance might start now nah, let me mm-hmm. let me <laughs> let me start making some preparations <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and, and, and here we can see where, where cause, because it did say that God decides to do this. You know what I'm saying? So we can see how even like natural disasters, you know, could come straight from God. Like, <laughs> you know? So, right, and, and then the thing that like, that I didn't realize, especially growing up, was that like Joseph was so, I guess, forward with Pharaoh too. Because even like going afterwards, um, as we're going to see now, Joseph said, okay, and now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of all the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land and take a fifth of the harvest in Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming up and store the green under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. Uh, This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of farming that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. And I'm like, so Joseph not only interpreted Pharaoh's dream, but he understood the dream. He interpreted the dream and he also gave a solution to the problem that the dream presented. Yep. All as a slave in prison, a foreigner. Because hmm. for me, I think like, I always thought growing up, well, I guess the biblical cartoons or whatever. I just thought like, you know, Pharaoh came up with the plan himself and then put Joseph in charge of the plan just because he interpreted the dream. Right. I'm like, no, Joseph came with the plan. Like, God revealed everything to Joseph so perfectly. Perfectly gave him a, the Holy Spirit, guided him with a plan to present to Pharaoh, and like everything just like fell in fell in place. Hmm. Yeah, bro, you couldn't have, you couldn't have, you couldn't ask for nothing even better than that because. Think about it now, right? This your this your elevator pitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is basically your elevator pitch out of prison, right? So Joseph, first of all, Pharaoh was already, <laughs> figuratively speaking, he was already dizzy by the dreams that he just had last night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He, he was perplexed. So Joseph came and interpreted the dream. So now you're relieved, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not all the way relieved because you just got bad news, essentially. You got know? some bad news too. So now you're like, oh man, I never had to deal with this. My grandfather, da, 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 go all the way. I probably never had to deal with this type of stuff from a leadership perspective. And you're not equipped to do this. I don't know what to do. And that's probably running through his mind. And before he could even, even verbalize this, Joseph already showing him, this what you have to do. So now you impress. You understand? I was already, I was already feeling relieved, but now I'm just impressed, bro. Like this guy blew me away. You know, just with his knowledge and <clears throat> looking at his resume, former head of the, um, the, 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 the captain of the guard's house, you know, former head, well, well, currently head of the prison. Like, you know, this guy, he knows his stuff. You know, he's a very, um, he's a very diligent worker and you can tell he's very organized and he's been proven to be able to manage employees and stuff like that already. So it's like, like. Like, I, I could see how Pharaoh and everybody around was like, this guy ain't no jokey guy. This ain't no, this ain't no, this ain't luck. You know what I'm saying? This guy, he's made and built for this. He's built. And part of being built is the experience that Joseph went through. When Joseph was with his brothers, he wasn't built for that. No. You know what I'm saying? His father baby him. He wasn't built for nothing really, except for maybe just being a spy, <laughs> you know, on his brothers. But, right, it's these things that it's these things that uh, that that kind of um nurtured him and kind of constructed him to be ready for this. But I also do feel that you know 
if his brothers did not have done that thing. Because I don't personally, I don't think it's, it was God's will for his brothers to, to do this evil thing because it was an evil thing what they did to him. But I do feel like it would have been a time in his life when he would have gotten the, the type of mentorship and the type of experience in another way, <laughs> in a positive way to actually end up here eventually. Yeah, I mean, you never know because we say like when God has a plan, the plan is not coming to fruition in some way, shape or form. But like he might have been able to stay with them in Canaan and be able to like fulfill this plan or something. Because yeah. I mean, so you never know how it would have played out. It is only, one can only speculate. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, but knowledge, like the like the one thing about knowledge and the difference between knowledge and wisdom, like knowledge would tell you like what's going on and wisdom tells you what to do about it. So we see Jacob had the, I mean, not Jacob, Joseph had the knowledge and the wisdom because he said, okay, and the Holy Spirit gave him the wisdom because you see Joseph was like, yeah, I can tell you what's going to happen now, right? But I gave, but, but the wisdom that God has granted me with, I can tell you how to form a solution to this problem. Because now it's not only like, okay, I'm leaving you with the seven good and seven bad. I did my job for I, I told you what your dream meant. Now with this wisdom, and now that we know this coming, guess what? You could raise the tax by taking up on one-fifth of the harvest, which is 20%. Um, And, and those reading historical texts, the tax in Egypt by around the time was like 10%. So Joseph essentially saying we're going to double the tax on the green for the next seven years to make sure we have reserves. Just to put it in like modern terms, it's essentially what Joseph what Joseph did when he said they used they keep one fifth of the harvest. But he raised the taxes and he's saying, okay, so we're going to start this up because when them seven years of farming hit, this is going to be like a farming like we've never seen before. It's going to last for seven years. And it, it pretty much sounds like, guess what? We ain't going to be able to grow nothing. Mm-hmm. No rain is going to fall from the sky. The, the beds of the Nile are going to dry up. We are going to be a pretty much a barren desert. So now we need to make we need to make preparations about this. So it, it, it wasn't just as much as no one. It wasn't good enough to just know a farmer was coming. Joseph was like, "Hey, here's what we can do to to, to overcome the farmer that is going to beset us." I think like too much. I, I, oh, you just gonna say? No, go on, go on. You think? I was much? saying like a lot of people. I'm like a lot of. Our world right now is filled with a lot of knowledge. Like people know a lot, but people don't really know how to act on what they know. Like to me, true wisdom comes from Jesus, and like people just know we know too much, but you just ain't doing nothing with it. So like, what is all this knowledge if you ain't really exercising it properly? Mm-hmm. And think about it, right? This was a farming for the entire world, bro. Who, like literally, who would know how much to store and how much to grow for the whole world? Ain't hmm. nobody qualified for that. You know, this only could have been wisdom from God. And I feel like that's, that even add more to why Pharaoh and his guys were impressed by this guy. Because think about it, bro. Who could just give someone straight out of, jo- out of jail? You're, you Pharaoh essentially give him his job. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want you to be just as I as me, bro. You, you run this country, you know, fresh out of jail. Fresh out of jail just based on your words, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you can, I, I can understand how much, how blown away they were just considering how confident and how knowledgeable he was about this thing that had never happened before, you know? So it's like, you need, you need to build, you need to, we need to, we need to grow this much. We need to start this much X, Y, and Z. And, and you just like, why? Right. But then considering, considering that this is going to impact the entire world, you also know that, okay, I personally do not know how much we're going to need to supply the whole world. You know what I'm saying? And then I had the dream, but I don't know what it means. You know what it means. And God already showing you how severe this could be. So I have to trust you. Like, mm-hmm. I think he even really had a choice, but to trust him. Because it's like this guy who have the knowledge. He have a knowledge that surpasses surpass human understanding. And then think about it too. No one else who I thought would have been able to provide me these answers even came close. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even just the answers. They couldn't even tell me what the dream meant to even give me the answers about the dream. Mm-hmm. And you filled with wisdom from your God, was able to not only tell me what it meant, but provide a sound, logical analysis of the problem and provide a sound, logical, con- like, you know, solution. Because, go for it. Because I was thinking, like, imagine you, imagine you are, like, the lead wise man in, in, that, in that country, right? Feel bad. Feel bad, bro. Because, I, like, I could, I could imagine him saying, what? We let this Hebrew come and take what was supposed to be mine? This job could have been mine, bro. I could have, this could have been the big payday, right? 
But then you can't even really, you can't be mad, bro, because you were given this opportunity even before him and you failed. Mm. Miserably. You failed, right. You understand? You failed to achieve what you needed to do. And so now, like, it's like when Pharaoh's, and, 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 and I about to jump the gun, but when Pharaoh, how Pharaoh describes J- um, Joseph's wisdom, it is fitting because we, he wasn't guessing because when I used to read this, I used to be like, how you could just make a blanket statement and say, he, you, you can regard him above all of these people. But literally, I gave all of these people a chance already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they failed. So I'm like, out of this options. Is, right. This is fair. This is fair. The, the way I feel it, you know, the way, the way I feel. Yeah. But, and so like going back off of that uh, and uh, picking up from verse 37, the plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all of his officials. They had no choice but to agree. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, when something just blow you over, you just almost can't argue with that logic. You're like, dang, okay, a farming, but you just say, oh, yeah, so store up a, a, fifth, a fifth of all the green to store from, yeah, okay, okay, cool. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. And then Pharaoh said, can we find anyone like this man? One in whom is the spirit of God. Right. And that's what I say. Like, it's like to say, if I, if I point at somebody and say, oh, this person is the best blah, blah, blah to ever live, right? Just based off one interaction. I don't think that's a fair thing to say because I don't know how the rest of the people in that field are. Like, you know, I it's, it's, it's a strong possibility that you will find someone who's comparable or even better, right? But once you had already interviewed everybody and then none of these people is even close to being on one accord with God to get you to understand, you could make the fair assessment that, yeah, I can't find nobody who this wise and who disconnected to God. Bro, and I think this is like the first time we had like blatant reference to the spirit of God being upon someone in the Bible so far. Mm. I could be wrong, but I think this is like the first time. But it's, it also shows how the presence and like, the character of Joseph was so reflective of the Holy Spirit that it could be blatantly seen. Like, and the Holy Spirit can be seen in practical ways in our character and our humility. And we see Joseph's character was impeccable and he was very humble all the way through the story so far in all the episodes that we've talked about Joseph. This man was humble in part of his house. He was humble in the prison. He was humble before Pharaoh. And he was always, always, always giving the credit towards God and always saying, he's always thinking like, will this bring honor and glory to God, what I'm about to do? Mm-hmm. Or what I'm not about to do? Are my actions honoring God? And so even Pharaoh, and in, the, in the presence of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, who, think about it, who he literally has to admit that my gods and my magicians and my people couldn't solve my dream just now. But the Hebrew slaves, God, was able to interpret my dream and give them enough wisdom to tell me a reasonable solution to solve this dream. So that's just my two cents on that right there. Like, that's just powerful. And so picking up from uh, verse 39, then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made you, made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my place. I will put all my people out to submit to your orders. Hmm. Only with the respect of the throne will I be greater than you. Hmm. So now we could recap Joseph's life now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna go through all the P's again. Let me see if I can remember this now. He went from <laughs> <laughs> his brothers threw him in a pit. He went to Potiphar's house. So he was like president of Potiphar's house. I think I say something like that. And then he was thrown into prison. And he was still uh promoted to be in charge of the prison. Mm-hmm. And now Pharaoh has promoted him. To be, to be his partner. Essentially, <laughs> the second in command. But, so, I mean, like, so not like, like, and even going back to what we were saying before, God always has a master plan that we might not be able to see in our current circumstances, but God's plan is always so better than us than we can even hope, think, ask, or imagine. Because now, Joseph, a Hebrew slave, think about it. That morning when Joseph woke up, he never expected to be second in command of all of Egypt by the time he died. This man, in his mind, he was saying, guess what? If I at least make it out of jail, I'm happy. Mm. Just to be a free man, to serve, 
just to be a free man again. Free slave. Yeah, just to be a free slave again. A free slave again. I'd be happy. Maybe I could go back to my father's house and eat in, in, in Canaan. Maybe I, I don't could even, start a new life. I don't even, I don't even think so. I thought, I, I think, and he, he want to get out of jail so he could just be a servant again. Again. Yeah. Yeah. Because how you can get all how you can get all the way back to Canaan, you know what I mean? You don't own no no horses, no camels, or nothing, you know. So yeah, so I think about it, like so. This man woke up that morning just saying, "If I can at least get out of prison, that's a win for me today. Mm-hmm. That's a win for me today." The butler finally remember me. Pharaoh has called me. This is a real win for me today. God had it. So guess what? Your plan is just to get out. My plan is to exalt you because now you've been humble until the time is right. Mm. Remember we mentioned that verse, be humble because of the right time I'll exalt you. Now Joseph is about to be exalted over all of Egypt. Like mm-hmm. second in command. Like that's just powerful right there. All right. So through all of them peas, bro, we got to acknowledge that this was a 13 year process. Mm. So imagine at the age of 17, you get sold into slavery. You in slavery for 13 years, bro. Mercy. Imagine if your story did end while in slavery. Let's say your story did end in year 12, or you to give up around year 12. It's like, what is God? What is God doing for me? And let's go to what I was saying last week, bro. It, it really hurt me when, when I hear someone say, if I got to wait till for my heaven after I die, I don't want that religion. When people have their heaven on earth, right? Because, bro... And I saw it, and, and it's a picture, it's a pretty common picture of, of two people in, in a diamond mine. And it's somebody who just had to <laughs> break a, 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 a hidden goal, essentially, with all the diamonds, uh-huh. give up and turn around. And then it was someone who was a little ways behind him in a different route, who just, you know, he just were hard at work, like, he gonna get there, he gonna get there, you know? And in year 12, or even up until this point, Joseph could have give up any time, bro. He could have take the demeanor of Job's wife, curse mm. God and die. Mercy. You know, this is what I'm reduced to. But in retrospect, that would have been the dumbest thing he could have do. And as a matter of fact, it is the most unwise thing that any of us can do. Because literally, even if, bro, like I'm saying, bro, even if this 70 years don't give you what you're looking for after, and I say 70 years because that's, that's what we promise, you know, and, and it could wave up. But after, the, after that, when we, when we pass away, and the reward is, if the reward is heaven for you, all of that would be worth it. But like the 13 years, we can see how Joseph, we can see how Joseph, like, like he, like, he wasn't remorseful mm. afterwards, you know, like in terms of his relationship with God, we can see how this guy was thankful because it's like, wow, all of this just meant nothing, bro. These 13 years of slavery, my guy miss, he missed becoming an adult. From the age 17, straight through 30, bro. He missing his entire 20s. He was a slave and he was in, his, in prison. His youth, he just threw away most of his youth. No lie. You know, he spent it in bondage. He's pretty much. Right. And then at the end of the day, you get the biggest promotion. You get the biggest promotion, bro. In the region. The, only, the only thing. That you lock in Egypt is a is the throne, bro. So basically, the title of Pharaoh, you are Pharaoh, but you just don't have that title. Mm-hmm. And 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 I respect Pharaoh too because he allowed a lot to use. And we see other pharaohs who just was had a heart of a hard heart. You know what I'm saying? Or shadow, <laughs> right? But my my boy say, man, I ain't no ego in this. You come to save our country. I given you everything, literally everything, and that just go to show that just go to show how much how how God really worked through um how God really worked through Joseph's life because it's the third employer that Joseph ever had that withhold nothing from him. You understand, part of her? He said the only thing I the only thing I leave you in charge over is what I eat because truthfully you don't gonna know what I like. Really, I know what I like. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have to teach you that, and I rather not. You know, I can just. Yeah. That. Secondly, you ain't gonna have my wife because why would you even want my wife, bro? Don't be aware of it. This is my wife, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then the, um, the 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 keeper of the prison, he was like, "Yo, your work so good, I can just turn my back. I ain't gotta watch you. I ain't gotta micromanage or anything like, like that." You know what I'm saying? Everything is under you, bro. You do your thing. And you know, if you an employer, that's the type of person you want. 
I want someone who like I could just sit back and he could he could just go on all I could just he sit could, back and leave it on hand, handle everything. He can handle all that. You see what I saying? And then I know he loyal to the boy where it ain't gonna be like no revolt or he ain't ever gonna get too arrogant and try try upstage me or anything like that. And I like and God is good, bro. Like God is good. This this one of them triumph stories, you know, where like, you know, when when you when you going through hard times. And this hard times can be prolonged. Imagine going through hard times for 13 years. That don't seem like hard times. That seems like a life. That seems like a hard life. You know what I mean? Like he spent 17 years a free man in a hostile family. Right? And then the other 13 years he spent in jail and as a slave. You know? If we if we take if we just take God out of this and just describe that life to somebody, that would sound like a messed up life. But now at the end of all of that, we see how God restored everything a million fold. All his brothers and stuff who was free men, ain't none of them living like him. Benjamin, who had the same, who had the same resources as him. He ain't even close to being the type of status that he that he would had. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you could just see, you could just see how like God rewarded Joseph for being faithful. And he was preserved, Joseph, because Joseph was a man who was faithful to him this entire time. Exactly, man. So uh, just a quick note, the verse that I was mentioning before uh, came from 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, unto the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Um, but like, I just was thinking while he was talking, like from the, from the perspective of, of, of Egyptians, because now think about it. Now you have this guy who just seemed to be an overnight success, because <laughs> you would have never heard the name Joseph, as we see his name is going to get changed soon, but we ain't get there yet. But you, you've never heard this name before in any of the royal courts. Any in, in Egyptian, I don't know if they had to send it back then, but you know, the Romans had to send it, but you never heard you haven't heard of this guy at all. And then all of a sudden, this guy got gets promoted to being the second inch. I, as a common citizen, have to bow down to him mm-hmm. when he's when he's in the street riding in this chariot. Who is this guy? He didn't exist mm-hmm. yesterday. This isn't Pharaoh's son, this isn't uh it's Pharaoh's brother or anything. Who who yeah. is this guy that I must now bow down to him? But it also shows that. This overnight success as a scene as from the viewpoint of Egyptians took 13 years in the making. Uh, but to me, it just it comes to show that our uh, promotion is an advancement, is from the Lord. Like too much people try to like say they're moving on without the necessary preparation, work, and success, and even without God. Like, I know we mentioned this before, but sometimes God might have you in a certain position to learn more, have you in this certain circumstance to grow a bit more before he moves you on. Because what what you need at level five. You want level two when you're trying to jump to level five and God's saying, guess what? I got level five in store for you. Granted, I have level 100 in store for you. You just were in by level five. I got level 100 in store for you, but you need to master level, level two first. Because mm-hmm. the faith you need right now, the faith you need up there and the trust and belief you're going to need up there, you don't, you, you don't have yet. Hmm. And then it just go to show how, how much goes into being an overnight success. Bing. In Joseph's case, time. 13 years. It takes 13 years to be an overnight success, bro. You know? And like, to the people, to the Egyptians, they might just be looking at him like, this guy, he's a Johnny come lately, like we say in the Bahamas. You just a rondo, bro. Where the, where did you come from? Where did you come from? You know? Mm-hmm. And um, what are your credentials for them? And you understand who he is and what he's <laughs> capable of. You're like, oh, this guy different. But then mm. it's still like, oh, he lucky. You could always, bro, you could always find a, a case to say someone lucky. But then, oh. when you, but then when you know his true story, you're like, oh, no, he worked for this. Bro, calling someone who worked hard lucky is like the ultimate disrespect for anyone who, who has worked hard. Because at that point, you're discrediting my hard work. You're discrediting the God factor in all of this. And to me, because think about it. If I work hard for 10 years to build a company, how was that luck? Right. <laughs> it might be lucky to you because you might have been lazy. Mm-hmm. But to me, it ain't luck because if you expect something you're working towards a common goal, you ain't. You ain't really surprised when you hit that common goal. Like when you, when you hit the goal you was working towards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph, he just knew I'm being faithful to God and God worked things out for him. Mm-hmm. But he still had a hard life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Had a hard life. This man, like we, like we talked about two episodes ago, when, 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 when he finally made it to Egypt, he wasn't prepared to be in Egypt. Mm-mm. He was a young guy who never even worked in the fields with his brothers because his father loved him so much. Mm-hmm. Like, so... Man, so now we see Joseph, uh, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I'll put you in charge of all the land. And Pharaoh took his ring 
and placed on Joseph's finger. He then dressed Joseph in fine or robes of linen and, and put a gold chain around his neck. <laughs> oh, oh boy, Joseph blinged out. And then Pharaoh gave him the chariot to ride in second command. And the people shouted, make way or bow down before him. And then he was put in charge of the whole land of Egypt. So, you know me, I got to keep score. <laughs> I got to keep score now. So far, if my memory serves me correctly, the, the jury debate mm-hmm. in, as it relates to Genesis is tied 1-1. I think we got one positive mark when Rebecca got the jury. And then mm-hmm. a negative mark when Jacob told his family to, to remove the earrings, right? Mm-hmm. So now I am not sure where to categorize this. So I'm going to give it a, a tie. You understand? Mm-hmm. So they cancel each other out. I might even just ignore this going on in the tally because <laughs> a tie just does nothing. You know what it I'm does saying? Nothing. But, but the reason why I'm saying this is because Pharaoh put this on, on Joseph. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh doesn't know God. Neither does he practice um he's not a practicing member of God's family. Like he doesn't worship God X, Y, Z. And, and that's, that's, that's a historic thing for Pharaoh. And so them wearing jewelry, that could signify something else. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I recognize Joseph to be a righteous man and, and to, and to even run away from things that displease God, i.e. when he ran away from Potiphar's wife. So he, he put on a ring on a chain. You know what I'm saying? The fact that he put it on, I could say, I could argue that, oh, it's nothing wrong with that because he put it on. But also because it was coming from Pharaoh and this seems to be uh, just a part of the uniform. I can't say that this has anything to do with God because that's like, that could be argued to be a worldly thing. So I can just leave it there. You know what I'm saying? Right? Please write in the comments. No lie. Because exactly. I don't want you, I don't want you to think I, I, I want to be doing this me and Earl by ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Any help any help y'all can give us that's like um that's relevant to this and not really jumping too far ahead because you know we can have other instances so we can keep the tally then like just please help just give us any insight or anything like that. But oh go for it. No no go on go on. So I just wanted to paint the picture some of the things that Pharaoh gave him. Okay so now let's like this picture in our minds. Joseph was a slave that just came out of prison. Nothing about him screams Egyptian royalty. Hmm. Nothing about him screams Egyptian royalty. So now Pharaoh said, guess what? I just gave you power over all of Egypt. Only I'm greater than you in this land. I just gave you power over all of Egypt. Now that you have this authority, you need to look the part. Mm-hmm. I just can't have you looking like a slave. <laughs> Because right, when you think about it now, you, sec- you, second in, you, you are second in, in charge in Egypt. So now you have people who was like the chief treasurer or the chief person, the minister of finance, the minister of war. You in charge of all these people now and these people looked apart. Mm-hmm. So now I just can't have you as a representation of me being in charge of them looking shabby. Mm-hmm. So now there's the signet ring. That's like the pretty much the presidential seal. So Pharaoh said, Here, here's the ring. So now you, you instantly have the authority of Pharaoh. Now the linen, you got to look the part. I can't have you being my, 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 my deputy in rags. So now as you second in, you second in charge of Egypt, you are going to look like you are second in charge. You're going to look like someone of respect and authority. You're going to carry yourself now like you run Egypt. So now I'm going to dress you in the finest of linens. You had a coat of many colors which your dad bought you when you, when you was like 17. That's cute. Now I'm going to show you what real, how real royalty is dressed. Put you in Egyptian garb. Egyptian. <laughs> and then the gold chain around his neck. Think about it. He was a, he was a slave. He was, and, and to me, it's, it's kind of like symbolic. You was once bound in chains. Mm. And now you have a gold chain around your neck that symbolizes your authority. <laughs> what was once your oppression is now your... Is, 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 is now your liberation. Now your liberation. Now your symbol of victory. Now your symbol of triumph. I yeah, think that's, that's dope. That's I deep. think that was all. And then he made him ride in the chariot. I mean, that's just traveling in styles. So that's like the modern day Lamborghini. <laughs> <laughs> wow, bro. And yeah, bro, he just gave him a complete makeover. Yeah. But you can't stop there, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't. You don't, we don't, you don't give you a new look. We can give you a new ring. You know what I'm saying? We give you a new ride. Mm-hmm. But you can't be Joseph. 
Joseph, that don't, that don't even sound Egyptian. What is a Joseph, bro? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, 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 no. We got to change your name now. Man, and this harkens back to, where is, which episode that was? Episode nine, the one with Eli. When you say, like, when you enter into a new covenant or a new position or a new relationship, sometimes your name has to get changed to mm-hmm. fit your new circumstance. And so now we yep. see Joseph's name, Joseph, formerly known as Joseph. I'm going to let you pronounce it because I always get ten tongue twisted with this one. I just say this is this um 41 chapter 41 verse 45. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Paneo. <laughs> and he gave him in marriage Asenath, the daughter of Potiphar, priest of On. So Joseph went out over the land of Egypt. So now we see Pharaoh say, guess what? And to me, this, this is how I see it. And again, we say comment in the comments, even with a different opinion. We love to hear it. But now Pharaoh's saying, Joseph has been through a lot. Hmm. I can't have you having this Hebrew burden on you anymore. Mm-hmm. You are, first he's saying right now, bro, you are an Egyptian. You are going to rule over Egyptians. Who is already, and, 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 here's the, and here's the significance about it. We already know a Hebrew could not eat at an Egyptian's table because it was an abomination. Mm-hmm. So Pharaoh is saying, I am throwing all that away from you. You are no longer an abomination because you are our savior right now. Mm-hmm. Because of you, our whole country about to be saved. Yeah. I can't have you being Joseph no more. You are honorary Egyptian. You are now an Egyptian. I am taking away your identity. You now represent me, the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. You are my second in command. I guess he was a viceroy. You are now the viceroy of Egypt. Here's your new name. We're going to call you Zephanath Paniel. You are now an Egyptian. Hmm. And we see Pharaoh gave him a, a, a lovely wife, Potiphar. I really wish that was Potiphar's wife name because I got to no, call her Asa, Potiphar. Asenath, Asenath, the daughter. Oh, the daughter of Potiphar. Potiphar. Ah, Asenath. My bad. But jail. So now Joseph, liberated from jail, in charge of all of Egypt, got a new wife, a new identity. Oh my. It just shows like when you humble to God, God can give you more than you ever hope, ox or dream. I'm telling you. Like God can do, he's able to do anything, man. Like I could be, and think about like we were saying just a while ago, if he just made it out of prison, that would have been a win for him that day. Mm-hmm. This man made it up with a wife, new name, new job, bling, job, car, everything. Oh, oh boy. That's crazy, bro. God upgrade him <laughs> in largest territory, all that. So, and, and you know what? I love the fact that it's a happy ending to the Joseph Hart. You know what I mean? Because it's like them things where, you know, What's, what would be the incentive to being faithful? Even, even, you know, it's like, it's easy to say, curse God and die in, in severe circumstances like that. I think humans would, would, would understand that any day, you know? But it's like to the guy who doesn't do that, what's the point? You feel me? What's the point? And, and I'm glad that we can see, well, it, it definitely worked out even better than anyone could have imagined. Because even, bro, when he was telling us, it's like, you know, like growing up, you tell your family, I won't be the first whatever, whatever. Or even in America, I'm sure like a lot of, a lot of young African-American men say they wanted to be the first black president. And that was a big proud moment for their family. Yeah, you can do it. You can do it. X, Y, Z. Joseph ended up telling his, his, his family that it's like, what, what you talking about, bro? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and even his dad say, bro, you trying to tell me I could bow down to you? Like, hold on now. Like, cause that's just so far fetched, but it just go to show the lengths that God can and will take you. Mm-hmm. you know? Man, <laughs> Joseph is a good one. So now we see uh, in uh, verse 46, Joseph was 30 years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went up from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully. Joseph collected all the food producing those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the fields surrounding it. So Joseph stored up a huge quantities of grain, like the sand of the sea. And this is the part, you know, God was really blessing him. He stored up so much, he had to stop keeping records because it was just too much for him. 
Because I can imagine being all organized, saying, okay, so we got um uh uh 50 pounds of I forget now cities right now, right? I mean, so from the Nile, we got this much, or from the next city, we got this much. Okay, we have uh this much corn stored in that city over there, we have this much wheat over here. And then it came to a point, probably like around year six or something. Joseph was like, Man, we still got more. I don't remember yeah. put it no more. Build a next bond. We just we just I just could say we have a next bond somewhere with this green. Right. And this was this was a t- this was seven years of plenty. This wasn't even like seven years of regular growth. This was like plenty. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't even say, all right, on average, we grow blah 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 per year. You know, <laughs> so it's just like, bro, this is an innumerable amount of food. It's literally growing. too much. This reminds me of when God used to send the double portion of manna in the, for the children of Israel on, on Friday. So, so when he didn't send any on, on Sabbath, they would still have food to eat. So they had to gather, gather more than enough. So I could just see God saying, guess what? I know you're about to get seven years of farming. Think about it. I literally have to give you enough green to last seven years. Hmm. After this one, so the thing, they probably was getting like double and triple the amount of their normal harvest, just reaping and they're saying, whoa, mm-hmm. this, is, this is awesome. So now we see before this, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Potiphar, a priest of On. They really love all their titles. Yeah, I like why, why <laughs> we keep why we keep knowing who mummy is, but I got you. Because I guess maybe there's another Asenath in history that like not to be confused. You know what I mean? Not to be confused with this one. Yeah. Joseph named uh, the firstborn Manasseh and said. It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. And see, to me, these names that they named their children were so telling of how they were feeling at the time. Because we know, for example, Leah, we felt all of her, her despair when Jacob was just really loving uh, Rachel more than her. We could we, like, and all of her children bear those names to just represent how, how Jacob just was treating them. Yeah. And now we see Joseph. Joseph saying, guess what? God has made me forget all of my troubles in my father's household. All of that getting sold into slavery. All of my brothers hating me. All that's now behind me in the past. Hmm. And then we see the second son was named Ephraim and said, it is because God had made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And he's saying, guess what? Now, God, you brought me to Egypt. And boy, I suffer here now. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> I suffer here. But in my suffering, you still blessed me. And now I'm in a position where I don't have to want for anything. Hmm. So the seven years of abundance in Egypt came to an end. And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph said. And there was not only famine in Egypt, but all the other lands. And the whole Egypt, there was no food. But, but in the land, but whole in the land of Egypt, there was food. And when Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. And, and Pharaoh's response was so human to me. Pharaoh was like, what y'all coming to me for? Joseph, whatever Joseph tell y'all do, y'all do. Yeah, yeah, go to Joseph, man. I can imagine Pharaoh. I literally hired Joseph for this moment for this right purpose. here. I don't know nothing but these things. Why y'all coming to me with this? Go to, go to Zafnath Paneo. <laughs> go to him. He can, he can sort y'all out. <laughs> And the famine had spread over the whole country. Joseph opened the storehouses and sold grain back to the Egyptians. For the famine was so severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph because the famine was severe everywhere. Hmm. That's the end of uh, chapter 41. Which is a, it was a very good, it was a very good chapter. Like, and that's why I say, bro, like. All of the toil, and we already say the guy had trauma, and we could see from the rest of the from the way the way the rest of his life came about, he had trauma because of all of this. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, like it was some wounds that that came about, but based on the names of his sons, the Lord caused me to forget for my for my father and 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 their house and all I've been through there. You know what I mean? And and I do believe that that's how he felt, bro. And that's just the, that's the thing. Like God could restore you and even put you in a place better than you could agree, bro. Like I even even outside of like the Christian walk, bro. I think about the times when I or maybe a friend might be in a relationship and they feel so broken, or I can't live without them. And I sincere and they sincerely feel like I cannot live without this person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then you know you could grow up and heal, and then like you could experience. 
an even deeper love or you can experience true love. And if you become one with God, you can experience unconditional love. And that's when you say, wait, that little petty thing I was talking about when I was 14. What? I thought I wasn't going to live no more, but look at me living. I live so much after that. You know what I mean? And um, I like it just go to show that how that's, that's how God, that's how God healed Joseph. He healed him from his circumstance and he put him in a place where it's like, I don't even have to think about the people I, I once missed because I'm in a situation that's so much better. Even though besides my brothers, I thought this was an ideal situation. God really boosts me and elevate me. Man, and so just even going back to, because I know I've been quoting this verse or paraphrasing this verse a lot, so I just wanted to like say it just for record. So Ephesians uh, 3.20, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I like this because he say exceedingly abundantly above all we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The Holy Spirit was working in Joseph. Through it all, throughout it all, we see Joseph was went from prison, pit prison, up in Potiphar's house, back in the prison, and now even he's being exalted to Pharaoh's house. The Holy Spirit worked him to put him in the right place at the right time. And we were like we mentioned in this episode, if Joseph only could have gotten out of prison, that would have been a win for him. But we see in this verse saying, God can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. Because I could just imagine Joseph praying in prison, Lord, just let me get out of prison. Hmm. Lord, I've done everything right. You know, I'm an honest man. Just let me get out. And God was like, guess what? I'm going to do more for you than you can ever think or ask because you are my child. And, 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 and to me, I just relate to my own personal life sometimes. I'm like, God, I want to I wanna do this, Lord. I want to I wanna get a job, Lord. Like, just seeing how God has worked in my life, from going to the Bahamas, to college, to getting my job afterwards, and just seeing that I personally could not have scripted my life any better than what God has given to me. And not saying that there hasn't been pitfalls in the road. There have been a lot of pitfalls, and I've messed up a quite amount of times, but just saying that how everything is turned on, everything has fallen into place, the things I've been able to do, the people I've been able to met, to meet. God has worked things out above all I can ask or think. And then just knowing that he has my future in his hands, just knowing that I know who holds the keys to my future, I can just rest assured. Because stories like this, just showing that Joseph went through it, but in the end, he still came, still out, on came top. out on top. All of those years of diligence and hard work has finally paid off for Joseph. And what once seemed like a curse was really God, preserving Joseph for such a time as this. By the grace of God, Joseph's dream interpretations have all come to fruition. All, except for the dreams of his own. But we'll talk about Joseph and a few familiar faces on the next episode of A Breath of Fresh Air. Tonight's episode included voice acting by Jaden Roberts, as well as your host, Earl Roberts, and the Kaz Gay. Remember to go ahead and research on your own in order to get a more firm understanding of tonight's episode. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can follow us on social media at A Breath of Fresh Air Pod on Instagram and B-O-F-A-P-O-D on Twitter. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next week.